Hey everybody, Coop here from the lands of editing. So this week's episode is just a little scratchy on the audio front. We did all record this locally, but we had a technical issue. So you'll be hearing the Skype call audio for this. But regardless, I think this is an awesome episode and we had such a great time with our guest. Really, it was so much fun talking with him and I'm excited to uh, for you guys to hear us talking with him. So with uh, no further ado, here's the episode. Hey, Dylan. Yeah, Coop? Dude, uh, I, 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 think, I, I think compared to our guest today, we, we don't remember Macross. Should I play dumb or should we just introduce him? <laughs> yeah, just here in a second. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, welcome back, everybody. Uh, w- this is a very special episode, a little bit different from our normal bag of cats. Um, as our guest would say, welcome back to another episode. Because we, uh, <laughs> we are joined by Johnny Millennium, the happy console gamer. How you doing, my dude? I'm so good and I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Because I finally get to talk to people about Macross. I mean, <laughs> like, I have friends in my life that play video games. We talk about video games. But nobody knows about Macross. And I, it's all this stuff is in my head. And I'm like, I always want to talk to people about it. But there's nobody to talk to. So mm-hmm. thrilled to be on today. So thanks for I am me. so excited. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. I, um, I have to say real quick, Coop, when, when you told me, like, yo, Johnny the Happy Console Gamer reached out to us, I was like, wait, you're bullshitting me, right? <laughs> You know, that's so silly, just because I, like, um, I, I'm i a huge Macross fan, mm-hmm. and I, I have been for, oh my god, for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm, right. And I'm, I'm, I am a very particular Macross fan, though. I like a certain mm-hmm. uh, section of the Macross fandom, mm-hmm. and I don't like a lot of it, too. I get you know? <laughs> that's but, but that. That's perfectly fair. Okay, that's fandom in general and, uh, and mm-hmm. all of that, but I love it more than I will dislike it. I love Macross a lot. Oh mm-hmm. my god, like, so much. Yeah, I mean the way the way I see it, it's like whenever I look at my favorite video game franchises, I certainly have my favorite Final Fantasy entry or Dragon Quest or or whatever. But like, it's it's fun to talk to people in a way that like you know holistically be like, all right, you're let's do this. So I, I yeah, absolutely yeah. get where you're coming from. Oh, definitely, I know. And then, you know, I'm the kind of guy I don't go into forums and get angry. I'm not that type right. of guy. I mean. Whoever likes whatever they like in macros, that's cool. To be honest with you, I sometimes get just really confused and jealous. I'm like, I really want to enjoy what you're seeing in that too, but I don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those mm-hmm. things for sure. I I will say that like this show, uh, when 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 we recently recorded with Celia, um, uh, for the Macross Frontier movies, like we were kind of burnt out on the show itself, but just like having a guest on to talk about the movies, just like kind of was an injection of completely new life and so it really is kind of fun to like get all these different types of perspectives and angles um well but you know i gotta i gotta ask you guys uh, Uh how old how old are you and what kind of got you into macros i i know i'm doing the interview now but i want to hear (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah in a way, I do kind of feel like a guest on our own show. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't help but, uh, it. It's too funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I guess uh, for, for me to start, um, I think I was... So I, I am currently 28 years old. I turned 28 in March. And um, I actually was introduced to Macross through my brother, who's a couple years older than me. I don't know how he got introduced to it. Um, but I, I assume like just in the anime fandom, like he's super into Transformers and Gundam. And so I think yeah. like it was kind of the logical next step. Um, but he got uh, the box set of the Robotech DVDs for Christmas one year. I think I was either in like late high school, early college. And he was like, I have to show you this stuff. And I was like a little cynical because uh, I was like, all right, what's this going to be? Um, but as I as I was watching it, I really started getting into it. And I, I really had a blast after a while. Um, not even after a while. That shows like. You know, the, the good things about Macross are immediately visible in Robotech, I think. And um, after that, I showed Robotech to a friend and he showed me Macross Frontier. And I guess like, you know, around that time was when I started talking with Coop. And so we started talking more about Macross through there. And so then he reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to do this podcast? And I was like, shit, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm already a fan, so let's let me just do the deep dive. Let me go all in. <laughs> it's it's so you know for me, like, because I'm uh -huh. an older guy. You're you're saying you're 28. I'm 48. Okay. <laughs> so for me, for me to hear that younger people are getting into Macross, like, it's awesome. I mean, I'm just happy about it. Uh, you know, like no matter where you started, no matter what you started with, it's really cool that. There's an entire fandom of people who still appreciate Macross, mm -hmm, you know, right. because it is it is an older show and it is continuing, but mm -hmm. it's not as mainstream as it used to be at the same mm -hmm. time. But but um, Coop, what got you into it as well? Yeah. So for me, um, because I remember growing up, like I saw like clips of Robotech on like uh, Toonami here in the U.S. And I was like, ah, but then I got really hard into Transformers like around 2008 nice. and a bunch of the Transformers folks I knew were also really into macross and for years they're like hey you should check this out and uh one of them uh dan krasis uh was like hey this gunbuster show is pretty good so i watched gunbuster gunbuster awesome <laughs> gunbuster's awesome the shit man um and so i watched gunbuster as like my uh sophomore no not my sophomore it was like my yeah it was my senior year of high school and I'm also 28 for reference. Um, yeah. And then uh, it was like in the middle of my first year of college, I saw um, Macross Plus and specifically the original show on Hulu um, yeah. with the ABV dub because I heard so many good things. I'm like, Dan st uh, steered me in the right direction with Gunbuster. I, I, I think I'm in good hands here. And then that <laughs> whole summer of 2013, I went through everything up to date oh. um, and then was really excited when Delta, like getting to be there and watching at, like, it, it was like surreal being like, I, I don't remember a ton of Delta, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem with Macros is probably Delta the most, but mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's, I, that's kind of the vibe I've been picking up talking to other Macross fans, but we'll see when I get there. Do, do you know what it might be too, guys? It might be the older Macros fans because I'm an older Macros fan. So I'm caught <laughs> back in the 1982 show, the 84 <laughs> movie. And then, you know, obviously getting into it like Macros plus, I, I didn't care much for Macros seven. Uh, and mm. Macros 2, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> see, that, that's the kind of guy I am. But um, 
But I think, yeah, I see all these people who love Delta and started with like Frontier and they're like a different, it's kind of like all the people who started with uh, Ocarina of Time. It was a different generation mm-hmm. yeah. right, that started uh, getting into that. And so I'm not against uh, people who like it. It's just, I just watch it and I'm like, this looks like Sailor Moon and the Storm of Valkyries. And it's like, what is going? This is not, this is not Macross to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. when I think back to Macross Flashback 2012 and mm-hmm. the seriousness of it all. And I'm like, what's going on? So, and it's, it's cool that you guys are into, as, as hardcore into Macross as you are. I'm like, wow. That's great. It's it's funny you say that because even uh, like it's funny, like even though um, I've like had a pleasure of talking with Adrian and Gwen over at Creative Sphere and doing a big crazy write up on ANN about the uh, subtitles for those Frontier movies. I, I for me, it's like. Yeah, I'm the Macross guy, I guess. But it's also just another thing I like at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's. No, you, you stumbled it's, into it. This is the last time you guys can fully take over. I got one question for both of you. Coop, I'll give it to you. Your favorite Macross show or movie or what, just your favorite Macross thing? Uh, so if I'm going to say best, I'm going to have two answers for you. Best, like personally, I think it's it's a, it's a marvel of what they were able to do given the constraints and how well it turned out, the original series. Yeah. My personal favorite, Seven. Because Seven... So, oh, you might hear this again. Uh, just <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, well, well I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down, because there's a lot of different ways I can take this. Yeah, because uh, for me, with Seven, why I love it so much is, yeah, it's, it's hard getting into the beginning. Like, the beginning of that show is basically a slice-of-life show with some mecha in it on occasion. Yeah. But once, if you... How can I put it? You you take it at a slow pace, kind of like we did for the show, and kind of get on its wavelength. It works for me, but then again, I realize that wavelength isn't for everybody. It's a very <laughs> yeah. different show yeah. from anything before or after it. Yeah. I the think, one the one thing I'll oh, say about Macro Seven, Macro Seven had the best opening ever. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Awesome. I feel like that's oh, free. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god for sure dylan so what, what about you so yeah um oh god it's such a complicated answer but i think uh if i could lay it out um i feel like overall package and this might surprise coop but i've been thinking about this a lot more recently um i adore macross plus um i mm. think that is just really good shit mm. um but i think see if you ask me, like, what overall I like more, the original Macross or Macross Plus, I would have a hard time choosing between the two. Because, um, like, when I when I try to factor everything, like, the art, the designs, the um, the pacing, the structure, the, the story itself, um, the music, uh, all of that stuff, yeah. I think um, it really falls between those two. Uh, but when, when I think about, like, my favorite cast, my favorite... Uh, setting my favorite like something about macross 7 really does vibe with me philosophically well, you, this is why you guys not... are friends this is why you guys are friends <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense yeah oh my god um, it's fun there's there's something about like because i think i think macross 7 if i if i can speak candidly i think it's kind of a mess but mm. i think 
there's something in the uh, in that mess. You can like find those diamonds, and I think those diamonds are something I I will treasure forever. Um, and I think there's there's something there is a value I find in like Basra and Mylene and uh, Gamlin and like kind of seeing how they grow and develop over the course of a show that really feels more like a sitcom than a space opera epic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, I don't know if I could say it's as good as the what came before. And by that, I mean, I don't know if it's as easy of a sell to someone else. I right. feel like it's a very specific thing that like, you're either with it or you you're not um and that's not like a personal failing that's just like yeah like Coop was saying earlier are you on the same wavelength as yeah yeah and i i think people also mention a lot that in talking about man cross seven they throw g gundam into yeah conversation a lot and i'm like that fits which also that's about the same time period, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I think so. But like four I think years like the ish. Same year. Yeah, I think both were ninety four, if I remember. I was about to say ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and two, just for me, is like when it comes to Mecha on the whole, like my first super big uh, robot show growing up was G Gundam. So <laughs> yeah, you're part of that. Gen you're part of that generation for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you were a kid watching that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was twenty one when when that all started. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I remember when we, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off if you Oh, had no, 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 that was it. Okay. Was it. <laughs> um, I, I remember when we first started uh, watching Macross 7 for the show, I had no idea what to expect. Um, and so I was, actually, when, when we talked about those first three episodes, I was very uh, bemused, I guess. I, I didn't know what to make of the show. But I think the one thing that kind of reassured me, like, oh, yo, everything's gonna maybe not be all right, but, like, uh, to give the show a chance, I guess, before I wrote it off in my mind was um, there's a scene where uh, Max uh, is looking at his daughter, Mylene, playing with uh, the band Firebomber. Mm. And he just kind of shrugs his, his shoulders and says, I don't get this. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, like, you I was my, like... My... My problem with the show, I remember uh -huh. when I first tuned in, and Max is on the bridge, and uh -huh. Exidor's head is up there on the bridge, and I'm yep. like, I'm out. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, what is going on? I, and I was, hey, and I was, I was in England at the time, and my friend uh -huh. showed it to me in England, and he goes, look, he goes, because he had a, he was a real British accent guy, he goes, he goes, Exidor's head's caught in the lift. I remember he just kept saying that, and we're like, what is this? But then he showed me Macros Plus, and I was like, Oh my God! Okay, everything's fine. Yeah, that's everything's fair. okay. <laughs> so, so for me, like, I kind of came back from England because I went over when I was a, a younger mm -hmm. guy. I came back and Macros had kind of started again, and it was Macros Plus and Macros Seven. And I watched Macros Seven's opening. I'm like, this is amazing. I watched a few episodes. Back then, they weren't subtitled. You just had to mm -hmm. figure it out. Macros Plus was subtitled and dubbed. And so I watched that. I'm like, I now became a Macros Plus fan. And Mac was some kind of got pushed aside. And I'd, I'd get the movie and I'd see, you know, like the, them doing like, uh, you know, one of the Mel Trotty, you know, with her guitar. And what was, what was, the, what was the guy's name, the main character in that? Oh, uh, seven, seven. Basara. Basara. Yeah, and yep. he's, he's sitting there with his guitar and they're jamming somewhere in like some ice place or something. Oh. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I... this, is, this is taking the seriousness of Macross and just being 
like having fun with it, which I, I appreciate it, mm-hmm. but it just seemed a little on the sillier side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And I, I think for me, what works about, because uh, in, in the original show, there's a bit of, uh, hey, we, we don't have to end these things through conflict. We can do it through the song and sharing culture. Mm-hmm. And Seven's just all like, okay, so I get that. I like that idea. But what if there was physical force behind this? I think Macross 7 appeals yeah. to me uh, because, like, I mean, obviously, I, I grew up with uh, some of the older. I, I I grew up with Gundam a little bit, so like I was used to that more kind of grounded uh, presentation. But mm-hmm. I think like you know, as, as I was watching Macross Seven, I I feel like I was watching it as someone who saw Gurren Lagann when they were you know twelve or thirteen. Um, and I think I think that also kind of adds to that perspective because Spiral Energy and Spiritua. Uh, the conception, the concept of like uh, creative energy being a powerful force, I guess, like as as a actor, that really speaks to me. So mm. um, that I think that also kind of plays into it a bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I just, mm. Yeah. Macro 7 is just one of those. I, I have it. I have the Blu-rays of it and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I, I am a Macro fan, so I have all this stuff. Right. And, you know, I've heard that over the years. You should go back to Macro 7. You should really give it a chance. And and to be honest with you, I should, but I just mentally can't. <laughs> I honestly... I get it. Um, yeah. My recommendation, Johnny, is uh, watch the movie. And if it doesn't gel with you, it doesn't gel with you. But that's like the best distillation of Macro 7 in, like, in one punch. Just okay. in my opinion, anyways. How many Macro 7 movies were there? Was there, a, was there a couple? There was just the one, which is basically yeah. an episode length, and then around Frontier, um, for like the 20th anniversary of 7, I want to say, they did like a movie where the cast of Frontier watches VHS tapes of Macro 7. It's so surreal, man. Yeah. yeah. It's so surreal. Yeah. It's, so di- it's so different from the early days. It's so different from the early mm-hmm. days of Macro for me, and and what, me discovering it, you know, through Robotech and, and all yeah, of that. Just, yeah. I was going to say that it falls in nicely because, like, compared to us, you were pretty much on the Robotech ground floor of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just, makes, that just make, means I'm old. That, that doesn't give no, me it, No, it's interesting, it. though. But, but yeah, what's, no. that, what, what's fascinating, like, like my journey in, from anime into, like, into discovering, like, Macross, I, I should say, like, I discovered like Star Blazers. I remember coming over because we lived in England, mm. coming over to, to Canada to visit my dad's brother, being in the basement and looking and seeing Star Blazers playing. And I'm like, oh, I, this is Japanese. And I somehow I distinctly knew that. I knew that. Mm. And I'm like, this is really cool. But that was about it. The next thing is because we're talking like the early 80s. The only thing that I would see is I go into model stores. Can you believe this is the time? There's no merchandise. There was nothing mm. Japanese anime related in this country. At all, not at all. But you'd see in, ma- in in model stores. I'd go into a model store, and there'd be a section for Japanese models, and I'd see Valkyries and things and all that. I was like, oh, that's cool, and uh, Votoms and stuff. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I didn't know what any of it was, but I knew it's for from a show potentially, and all that. And then I remember go- this is crazy. I think this is like 1983. Going to a mall in Ontario with my parents, and there's this big table display of all this mecha stuff that somebody wow. had imported from Japan was selling. And it, for me, I was just into science fiction and things. So this stuff was great. Uh-huh. I get this. This is so weird. 
I picked up this one toy and it was a little, little toy and it said SDF1 Macross or something. I'm like, oh, Macross. I remember seeing Macross on those models. <laughs> this is how you did it back then. This is so right, weird. right. And my parents bought me it. And I remember there was little anime characters on it. I was like, oh, this must be from a show. And I didn't know this how big this ship was in relation uh, into the size because it was just a little toy mm-hmm. and all that. I didn't know if it was the same size as a, as a Valkyrie or what. I didn't, I didn't know. Right. And then all of a sudden, I I read an article that this some show was coming out called Robotech, and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And I, and they, <laughs> no, yeah, no, but they basically said that it was very adult, and mm. uh, this is like a, aimed at a more an adult audience. And I was like, that's me, even though I must have been like eleven or something mm-hmm. like that, ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and almost uh, a teenager, almost, almost, almost getting there, and. I got the TV guide. Yes, I remember. Yes, I remember TV guides. That's same here. Because it's Saturday morning cartoons. I would get up and I would highlight all the shows I was going to watch. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, Snorks, I'll watch that at nine and going up. And then I got to 11 o'clock and I see Robotech. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this show on? I'm like, so obviously I highlight it. And I set up my, my uh, God, I had a beta player back then. I hooked up my Jeez. beta player and I sat down and... I watched the first episode of, well, the Macro Saga, Robotech episode one, uh, Booby Trap. And I was like, oh, my, my life was changed. My, my <laughs> brain blew. And I, I even made my dad come down and rewatch it with me. And he, I don't think he can, he did. He says, what is this? this, is this. Okay, <laughs> and he grumbled up. He, like, you know, he's a very outsidey kind of guy, just like mm-hmm. looking the lawn. So this mm. stuff was not for him. And, but I was totally intrigued. And I watched every single episode of Robotech in a row every every because what happened is it was 11 o'clock every saturday but then all of a sudden it started airing every morning 7 30 in the morning and i was there with my cereal in the 80s eating that stuff up for breakfast and the macro saga section of it i fell in love with i mean i fell in love mm-hmm. with the characters the idea of it uh the, the max the just even the love story mm-hmm. really right. resonated with me and then all of a sudden it stopped and we got into southern cross and i'm like Wait a second. What is this? This is no. This is this is Max's daughter. I'm like, what? This is her hair doesn't even make any sense. What's happening? But you know what? I disbelief. I just I just watched it. Didn't enjoy it as much as Macross, but it was unique, and I knew it was right. its own show. And then Muspita started. Like, oh my god, I fell in love with that. That was like, whoa. I have a lot of fond memories of the Muspita arc of Robotech. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, they call it the next generation or, yeah. and all of that. And I loved every character, Yellow Belmont and Rand and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mint Rubble. Hey, get this. My daughter has an Easter bunny in the other room and I huh. call it Mint Rubble because it's a, <laughs> it's a mint color. I, I don't know because I, I, I'm in her room so much playing with her. I need to make things fun for me. Too. <laughs> so, it's all about Mint Rubble. But, but after that, I mean, everything was like Macros Robotech and I, I was just happy it came out. I knew they changed a lot because I ended up getting like the, you know, a Robotech art book that explains a lot of the changes and things that happened. I bought that art book in 86. And then I found out that there was a movie. And uh, that, the, my last story, and then we'll go back to it, is that I went, so I, I'd watched the show and I, 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 I loved it. I was talking to everybody at school about it. Nobody, ever, you know, nobody else cared back then either. It's just me mm-hmm. who cared. And I went to a comic book convention in 1987 and I'm walking. And I see behind this, like this little kiosk, uh, this gold book. And I'm mm-hmm. looking and I'm like, what am I? I'm probably like uh, 11 years old, 12 years old. I'm like, 
what is that? I'm like, that's the UN spacey signal, you know, a symbol on it. And it's gold. And I said, hey, what is that? And the, the guy's like, oh, this is a $200 book. And then back then, even 87, that was a lot of money. And he goes, it's it's the Macross, the movie gold art book. And I'm like, and I knew there was a movie but that I read about in the Robotech art book. But you just, you didn't you couldn't just go on the internet and look it up. It was not like, I'm like, and he was a nice enough guy. He, he flipped through the book and showed it to me. And my mind, at that point, when I saw that they had upgraded flight suits, they had upgraded Valkyries, they had strike Valkyries, which you know, you know, I ended up finding out about the name of, because in the show, they only had uh, Super Valkyries. And then also they had like, gun cannons on them. I'm like, oh my God. And I love the flight suits and I loved the updated look of the Zentradi. And oh my God, the Zentradi finally, they looked really cool. And then mm. they, you know, did, they did crazy things in that movie. They did they, the, the Meltrotti and the Zentrotti were separated, where they, yeah. they were the same in the show. And so it was just two hours of like, well, but as I ended up, my parents were nice enough to get into the book. There's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But uh, I flipped through that book and I, I mean, it just resonated with me. And I so enthusiastic about it. Not just like I kind of liked it, like it was like amazing to me. And then obviously I saw Macros flashback and that was the end of that Macros arc. And then, then we were into a bit of the dark times for a while. And, and then we got a little bit back with Macros Plus. But anyways, that's a bit of like my start to it all. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's the old man's story. <laughs> <laughs> no, enjoy it. I, I just want to say real quick, Johnny, as a fan, uh, never apologize for that. Because it was like I was watching one of your videos, but I had the magic of actually being able to like talk to you. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I honestly... I feel that I was part of a very special time. And I want you to know mm-hmm. that I am 48, but all my friends who are 48 that I grew up with, none of them mm. were like me. I mean, I was like, mm-hmm. I was this weird guy. <laughs> in, I know like, that feeling. Was, like, like and, and I didn't feel it was weird. I was into this Japanese culture and this Japanese animation, and I, I adored it. And I thought it was mm-hmm. so much better than anything produced in this country ever. Uh, the storylines <laughs> and everything. I'm like, the, the Japanese are way ahead of us. And to be honest with you, when I look at it now, I was way ahead of the curve for mm-hmm. being into this stuff because it was weird to be into Japanese animation back mm-hmm. in like 1985, 87. I mean, people, if you try to talk to them about that, they would laugh at you. I, I remember going around high school, having Japanese music, uh, I, I would tell you, like Gundam music, uh, that would mm-hmm. tape from the opening off my beta player onto tape, mm-hmm. and I'd be listening to it, and I was so scared that somebody would hear it because they would you not get, bo- I get bullied, but they 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 look down on me for mm-hmm. it. It was a well, very different time. Even that Macros book that I get for Christmas, I remember the Christmas Eve before I got it, my parents went to a house, and I was in the basement with the kids. They were all listening. Kids got in the basement. All the parents were upstairs drinking, and this woman comes down. She's all drunk, and she's like, she's got her glass, and she's like tingling it, and she's like. Oh, uh, what, she's asking the kids what, what they want for Christmas. And then she's like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? I said, and I sounded like uh, Ralphie off the, uh, the Christmas story. I'm like, I <laughs> like it was Ralphie. nothing. Yeah, I'm like, I want the Super Dimension, you know, uh, Macross, <laughs> uh, you know, 1984 gold art book. And she's like, oh, like, well, you want your brain. She didn't say that, but then she wanted it upstairs. She's like, why is it? This kid's, something's wrong with him. And it was weird to be into stuff like that back then. It was weird. Right, right. Nobody was talking about Japanese stuff back then. It was weird. That's uh, interesting, too, because that's even before um, a lot of the other old heads I hear talking to, and I say this lovingly, um, 
yeah. uh, got into all the tape trading and the like. Oh, yeah. Because like, the that's boom saying happened with, that. like, Akira and Bubblegum Crisis, from what other old heads have told me. Um, so it sounds it's like, it's yeah, it's Robotech it's, was ahead of even that. Robotech was ahead of that. Like, we're talking, I got into, what when I saw Robotech in that TV guide, it was 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't get the art book till 1986. This is how things works. And I didn't mm-hmm. even really realize there was a movie until 1987 and all that. And then 80, oh God, it was 88, 89, it was Project Daco, Bubblegum Crisis and all that stuff. Watching it in a, you know, a dirty back room at a mm-hmm. comic book convention on a wooden TV. Sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was great. It was great. But, you know, for me, all I ever wanted was for everybody to watch this stuff and enjoy it. And right. I had to wait years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I will I will say that it was much more of a special time back then because it was so unknown. I right. didn't felt like mm-hmm. it was your special thing. Where now it's everybody's special thing, and I'm really happy about that. But also, I did enjoy going in the back room, at, you know, the, the, the dark back rooms and seeing Project Echo and Gunbuster and things mm. that you'd never you and the science fiction behind it. I mean, yes. Do you guys agree that? I still don't see the level of science fiction storytelling that we used to see. Is oh, absolutely. Mm, I, yeah. think, I think science fiction is unfortunately, like, it's more aesthetic nowadays than it yeah. than substance. I agree yeah. with that, yeah. yeah. Um, or or the, yes. you know, they have the, the science in it, but they don't have really the characters to back it up. Like, like a great example, too. great example is Gumbuster. That yeah, ending exactly. Of Gumb- oh, yeah. That ending of Gumbuster gives me shivers to this day, I remember so good. The time stuff. dilation. Oh my god! Yeah, it was yeah. So epic. It was so epic, and her doing her rant, you know, for the coach in the end, and and then this the gunbuster flown through space, and then just that message. I mean, I I even got shivers right now. Are you gonna actually listen? <laughs> yes, yes. My mind, and that's what got me into anime and, and kept me there for so long. Was was all this the the great science fiction ideas and characters. And uh, the way it was all executed and the mm. beautiful animation and the, the coloring and the detail, like in Macross the movie, the detail in that oh, yeah. movie, when they show the Macross, the, uh, the Megaroad, uh, it's, it was, it was the Macross there. And then, uh, but yeah, it's just so unbelievable. Yeah, like that, so unbelievable. that opening shot of the Macross going through the darkness of space where you can just see the red lights and mm. it comes up and the title comes up and you're like, holy shit. You got a movie. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know, I was so enthused when I saw that Macross gold book that I was, I was, I, 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 used to, I was a big artist back then. I still mm. am to a certain extent. I went home and it took me, I can show it to you. It took me about two months. I redrew everything I saw in that book from memory into its own book, fully colored. Mm-hmm. And it was That's like, so I cool. think it was about 40 that. pages. It was 40 pages long. And then and then I was so enthusiastic when I got the book itself, I flipped through it and I redrew the entire book. Once I have two books that wow. I drew off. I, I can show them to you. They're in the other room. I would love That's to good. see them. Like, straight I, up. I mean, when the podcast ends, I'll run and get them. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. Yeah, if, you, if you even want to, like, post pictures of it later, like, we will... I think we can, like, retweet that for the audience back home if, yeah. if like, that seems uh, feasible. Yeah, if you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, 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 I yeah, I'm not kind of just into this stuff. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a casual no, I fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a casual fan. I'm a, and that's why, thanks for having me on. I, I honestly, having all the history of Macross and I have so much enthusiasm, 
I don't talk to anybody about it. Do you understand? Yeah, I don't uh, talk to anybody about yeah. it. Yeah. So, Johnny, for what it's worth, I understand that need to have an outlet because, um, yeah. for me personally, one of one of my favorite manga of all time is uh, Trigun. And oh, uh, I'm a huge fan. I met I met I met Naito. I met in oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I got I got we we got super drunk. Uh, it's when I met the Grandia artist. I met the character. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have I have photos. I got video of it. And we went around the corner, and all the guests of honor are there. And we're like, and we're we were drinking a couple of drinks, and we're like, come by. We're like, we just we just we're on them, that's and it was great. awesome. And and that's just yeah, that was the time of Trigun. I got all the DVDs up here. I right, love right. Trigun. So sorry, go on. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, all, all I was going to say was um, and I, I've been wanting people to to read the manga because um, as as much as I love the anime, the manga takes such a different direction. And it is like to the point where I would almost say it's an entirely different story altogether after Bash blows the hole in the moon. Um, and I've been like, okay, like I've talked to all of my friends who are like fans of Cowboy Bebop, fans of Trigun, fans, fans of Outlaw Star. I'm like, okay, but you have to read the Trigun manga because it is like, it is up there with some of some of the best stuff from this like anime space western genre that like you know that niche. Um, and so I finally got my friend uh, Connor to read through it. Um, and he he read through the whole thing. He he finished it last night, and he was like, "Yo, that that manga and strong." And I I that that outlet that f- being able to finally talk about Trigun and like talk about like things that like maybe not every single like nobody knows who Livio the Double Fang is. He's a manga exclusive character in this show that is more well known for its anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to finally talk to someone and be like, "Yo, that Wolfwood Livio fight uh, was such a." such not even a relief it's just it's nice to be able to talk about this stuff because as fun as it is to like have this thing for yourself i feel like sharing it and seeing that excitement that other people have for this thing is at least for me like that it's so much more valuable absolutely um, have, have yeah. you guys been able to go to some of the macross the, the american macross conventions not nah. yet unfortunately no, me either. Hopefully, me either. eventually eventually yeah, i know i'm wearing the macross world's uh, sh- uh, shirt here that somebody uh, a viewer of the show went there and he got like Min May's um, uh, autograph for me uh, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the voice actress and uh, he sent me this shirt and he's like I hope you wear it once in a while dude seven <laughs> years this is like my go-to shirt when I'm around the house and I, you, mm-hmm. you know how you put on a shirt that makes you kind of feel good being home You're like mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. this is my go-to shirt this is my go-to shirt and I've always <laughs> wanted to go and I know it's not a big convention but man, I, I really, I before I leave this world, I'd like to do a macros convention, like mm-hmm. in in the yeah. states. I mean, never mind Japan; that'd be something completely. Else. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That would that would yeah. be pretty. Uh, going to one in Japan, like at a fan event, there would be like, why am I vibrating so wildly right now? Like oh, yeah, just sh- shivers from like everything. Yeah, yeah oh, God, like especially yeah. especially with my with my proclivity for Macross Seven. You see uh, Yoshiki Fukuyama walk by. And I'm just like, did Neki Basara just walk past just me? Don't scream fire. Don't scream fire. Because <laughs> no. there was, uh, he did a, a concert recently. And Dylan, I watched it with Dylan. And he, I, I, I don't know much Japanese, but I could tell for the conversation. He's like, yeah, somebody came up to my wedding and was like, Totsugeki love heart. And I'm just like. <laughs> to who, who, who is this? Who's this? Um, uh, this is the singer voice. for the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Coop. Yeah, he's the singing voice for uh, Neki Busser, for the main character of Macross Seven. 
Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, so that, we're, we're talking about the millennial pick. Yeah, that's great. I, I hope you have that moment in your life. That'd be, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I got to say, the singing, I, I have the CDs from Echo 7. The music's good. Mm. Yeah. The music's the music, so I got good. No, I've, got, I've got no problem with the character designs. I've got no problem with the music and all of that. My mm-hmm. problem, hey, you know, one of my other problems was that I just found the animation quality went kind of down and it was all over. Mm, but it I is like that, that in the original Macross as well. The original Mac, I remember watching Macross, the original show, and every all the characters are a model. The next time, Miriam's <laughs> eyes are like going. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. I, I think exactly they, they, licensed it, they, they put it out to some Korean company that did a really cheap mm-hmm. version. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the details of that. Something like that. But it was just like, oh, boy. So Macross yeah. had its ups and downs over the years. Because what I'm aware of, like with the, um, there's a really good video called Birth of Macross by this dude, Mal- Mercury Falcon. Oh, and, I, I know. I watch all of his stuff. Okay. He's really oh, great. Really great. He's sick. Um, yeah. And I think, I think also our friend Ethan uh, Hawker talked about this. I, cause I, I remember that Korean studio was called Star Pro, if I remember correctly. And they had to like redo the, the internally, um, at Tatsunoko and Artland, they had to redo the first two episodes because it looked awful. And they're like, these are our first two episodes. They cannot look like shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, has had its ups and downs over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, one of the highest moments, I think, in Macross history, Macross Plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, that, that, put it this way. With all Macross, I, I've explained what Macross is to my wife. And, and all that. I had to explain it to her to show her Macros Plus, but I didn't show her any of the other macro stuff. I showed her Macros Plus because I knew that it's a really good little story, but I had to give her all the backstory. I said, right. oh, okay, so there's this war between humans and this, and there's the FCF one Macross. It's launched across the universe, and they had to bring the city in. And, you know, all these, and it sounds lunacy when you start trying to explain the story. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Minmay sings, and, and, and the other, you know, the Zentradi don't know what culture is, and and all of that, and uh, yeah, and that's how they win the war. It's just, it sounds so insane. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's really funny too with the original Macross. With that, I, I forget the name of the episode. Something is it something arms, Barrett's arms, or something like that. I forget. Oh, construction, I construction. Uh, no, yes. construction. something. Ba- it's where they had the big battle versus the Zentradi. Yes. And all of that, and they used the the wave. Mo- no, not the wave, but the that weapon from the uh, uh, the Daedalus attack. It's not or... the Daedalus. No, no, no. They use the 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 beam from a, a Antarctic base. Oh, oh right. yeah. Uh, it was right. Robotech is force of arms. Yeah, the oh, um, I, they, they, they use that weapon. They they, they beat the Zentradi, but they destroy the entire Earth is absolutely annihilated. Like yes. what other what other anime does the Earth get annihilated like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just incredible stuff. But that's where like it should have kind of ended. But then all of a sudden, I remember I woke up the next day. Uh, to, I'm like, oh, will there be any more macros? I don't think so. And I watch, and all of a sudden it's like the aftermath. It's like, oh my god, there's this other story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like a totally different story arc, and it's so desolate. Yeah. And it's like it's so weird. It's like it's so strange that uh, they just it felt like an add-on, but I was I was happy to have it. It it, was it, so it cool. took me like um the the closest thing I'll I'll compare it to uh, Johnny. I don't know if uh, you watched the Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, no, no, I didn't. Okay. So Yu Yu Hakusho has like the first 66 episodes, like it, it feels like, um, there's a 40 episode build up to this climactic fight and then the fight happens and then you're like, okay, what's next? Uh, or I mean like, okay, that's the end. And then like you see the preview for the next episode and you're like, huh? 
Um, and then the show takes like a very different tone and then like really just kind of does its own thing after that it goes into a super weird direction and I've heard I've talked to fans of Yu Yu Hakusho who think it should have ended after that episode but my perspective on it at least is like I think the fact that they took it in a weird direction kind of like Robotech uh, or Macross rather um, I think there, there's something kind of noble about that, like where it's like, okay, yeah. this is the big action movie climax finisher, but like now we're going to get like really weird and introspective and like show these characters in the aftermath and how they're kind of processing what happened and like how we move on from here. Um, and I think like, especially like watching these shows as a kid, uh, there's a lot of value in that, in that, like, it doesn't end with you saving the day. There, There is kind of, like, stuff that you still have to unpack. And I don't know. I, I always really enjoy it when the show, even if it doesn't always pan out or even if it feels like it's kind of slapped on to the end, I always uh, really admire when a show even tries to tackle that. Because I've seen way too yeah. many anime that are just like, the end. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. And the Macross just kind of, like, it showed you that, the Earth, Earth was destroyed. They're trying to rebuild, and they're still fighting this Entrati. Oh right. my God! It was like it was like so such a desolate, sad time. I felt like so bummed out watching it because like the Valkyries are just doing the reconnaissance missions in the in the deserts of what you see in the Earth, and it's like, yeah. oh my God! It's like, but <laughs> but it, it ends pretty good. And but you know, my, for me, like when I saw Macross uh, flashback 2012, which is really the follow up. Yes, you have to listen to watch all that music video stuff, but that last five minutes or whatever it is, is I do you know I have I have a thing that I do every year. I've done this for about oh my god, maybe 15 years. Every time I set up the Christmas tree every year, I I, I get a beer after it's all set up and I watch Macros flashback flashback. And I don't know why I do it. I do it every single year. I and that. I used to watch just the Laserdisc version, then I did the, do the DVD version now mm -hmm. and all of that. Because uh, the Blu-ray version still looks as bad as the DVD version. So there's really no good enhanced version <laughs> of it. But for some reason, I always do it. And it just, it whelms me up. It's such a wonderful ending to Macross with the Mega Road going off and, and Misa, you know, being the captain on that and Hikaru. And, you know, I want to say something. I think it's the Lightning. Is it the VF1A? Uh, the VF4G, I believe. 4G. Called. 4G. The Lightning or whatever. Um, that's flying beside the Macross. And Hikaru's in it, and they, they they take off at the end. I always looked at it as this, and I know that they 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 showed it that it transformed in the future. But for me, as a kid watching it and getting the art book on it and looking at it, there was no transformation of it. Like, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. I so, that. and I thought how mature that they're not in a war with the Zentradi anymore, so they don't need a giant mecha. That they're taken off to explore the kind of the universe. Well, they were actually, I think, they were going to take. Um, I think they were going to explore just the universe. I, I think they were going to take some factories out or something. I don't know. I think I read some. Yeah. If I, if I, anyways, but, uh, but it was kind of cool that there was a mega road. This is the next generation thing, which looks so amazing. This Zentradi ships were so small beside it. Oh, so incredible. And there's Hikaru in his untransformable fighter. And I thought, wow, I want to <laughs> see this. And then all of a sudden, I guess, from what we find out is that they, go into a black hole and we never find out about them again yeah that's that yeah, seems that much. sounds about right yep. <laughs> and and that's one thing that i if i wish as a macros fan and i don't i never get to verbalize this i wish there was a continuation of mm -hmm. that story with those care designs bringing mm -hmm. you know miyamoto back to, to you know to do the care designs again and all that or haruki mikimoto 
uh, to do the, the his character designs and just showing what happened. If they all die or what, like, I want to see it happen. Mm-hmm. I want to see right, what right. goes on. I, you just I want see... that, you want that uh, conclusion. Oh, my God, yes. So yeah. much. And, and <laughs> what, so what was weird is we got Mac OS 2 after that. And was it the Marduk with the enemy in there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really, I, I was just like, I like the mechas in that. It was really cool, but I didn't like the story. I was like, this doesn't feel like mechas. So we were both kind of mad on it. Uh, you want to tell them, Coop? So I, I would tell you, Johnny, instead of watching Macross 2, just go watch Roman Holiday and you'll be good because it's basically a remake of it. Apparently. Oh, geez. Yeah. No, I, I, hadn't, I haven't watched Macross 2 since it originally came out. Mm. And I was just like, not watching that again. And then. <laughs> And then there was that, and then there was nothing for a while, and then it was Macro Seven, Macro Plus, correct? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's how it all happened. And I remember when I saw Macro Plus, I, I watched Macro Plus Part Four for the first time in a theater, because wow. my lo- my local anime club um, would would get the laser discs and all that, and they blew it up. And I remember at the time I was 21 with my girlfriend at the time, and I remember watching Macro Plus. Part four, which I adored, and when the macros came up at the end, oh, the yeah. sound, and I remember going, I remember saying to my girlfriend, and she, I don't, I think she understood macros at all, but I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, it was Ooh. so cool. I mean, I, I'm putting myself in your shoes, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I would have started crying when that dedicated to you, our future pioneers, pioneers comes up. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, like, like when part four started. And uh, Isamu, you know, shows up, warps in, and then he's got to get through all the defense things that yeah. was cr- to get to Earth itself, mm. to get to the Macross. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that can ever be topped in Macross mm-hmm. history. And I think I what's like so good about cinema. that anime, was that? I, I said I feel like it's peak cinema. I, I, I genuinely oh, yeah. think that sequence is amazing. Amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, every like, and also it was at the time when the animation was still hand done. Mm-hmm. And like at, at its peak, and yeah, you could hear animation in there for sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it felt right. It felt like yeah, it right. You know? so it's good. it's actually really funny you say that because I think one of the earliest conversations, because I don't think Coop and I had ever like talked voice to voice until we started doing this podcast. It was mm-hmm. always right. through text. Um, and I remember one of our earliest conversations was uh, both of us kind of confessing like we kind of like the the '90s and before like paint on cell. Um, hand-drawn animation style mm-hmm. it just kind of feels a bit more i don't and even know you know it, I, I trust you know what i've never mm-hmm. been able to explain it either mm-hmm. i just think i think if i could say it i think character designs back in the 80s and 90s were so much more original i feel like character designs have become very generic where mm-hmm. back in the 80s i could say oh I know that character designer. Oh, he did this and he did this. And, and I didn't know their names and I still don't know everybody's name for sure. Right. But I knew what I'm like, oh, he's a macros guy. He did gun, uh, gun, gun buster and did this and did this. And mm-hmm. I could tell who everybody was. And, uh, but now I just, it's very generic. I, I, I find, and also the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking earlier about the macros shots in macros, the movie. If you look at that on Blu-ray on your TV, the little lines and the, the, the like, the warning symbols and the dots mm-hmm. yes, and, the, yes. the, and the use and it's the use of black in there and the the amount of colors. So, say somebody's face back in the in a movie or something like that, they would be like uh, one shade and then another shade, 
where back in, in, in movies and when they really cared about the project, mm-hmm. there'd be like four shades. There would be that entire mm-hmm. gradation uh, due to the lighting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also the, the animators, if you look at some of, uh, in the original Macross, that animator who did all some of the dog fighting, uh, I mean, I don't even think you can get people who can do that anymore. Yeah, and it's it's not like, for instance, like you're talking about one of them, Ichiro Otano, like he's out teaching guys how to use CG programs and, and the like, and it's moved over to that just because yeah. there's nobody left who can do that. Yeah. And on, not on top of it, certainly. And on top of that, the industry is like in such a different, like back then you had bubble money and now it's kind of like, well, we got to get this 50 million anime, at, uh, uh, like 30 or 40 shows out every season Mm-hmm. Uh, with this budget because the publisher of the manga wants this out and we're like there's so many when it comes to making anime i've noticed like there's so many ham uh hamstrings and like uh yeah uh kind of obligations that getting uh that getting shows even with issues like macross or macross plus or even the newest stuff it's a miracle it yeah. is just a miracle that people yeah. can make this. I will say I, uh, that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm disagreeing. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I will say that um, as as time has progressed and and we start looking at the um, I guess the primitiveness of early computer animation, um, similar to how people have started to develop a nostalgia for like the kind of janky, blocky PS1 uh, textures uh, yeah. and character models. I, I'm, I am looking at some early like 2000s shows and being like, all right, there was a there, there was a vision here and they, they are doing something with it. And it's a very distinct thing from uh, what was being done before with uh, paint on cell. But I do think like Occasionally, when I was watching uh, Macross Zero or Macross Frontier, there'd be a shot where, like, a CGI plane moves a certain way and the camera behind it moves a certain way. And I was like, that was actually well-constructed. Um, yeah. It, and I think we're, we're getting, we as in, like, the anime industry, I think the anime industry is getting better at nailing that type of style. And it's interesting to mark that progression. But there is something really sad about how we will never quite get that same level yeah. of... Uh, Um, Yeah, I don't think people mm -hmm. can animate like that anymore. I I really, I really don't. Because back, back then, anime, animation back in Japan, that that was a a real skill. Yeah, I'm I'm an animator. I actually went to school for animation. And when Mm -hmm. I was learning how to animate, I was like, oh, my God, how did did they do that? Mm -hmm. fighting? How is that even? Did you guys ever see the anime Otaku no video? I have. I still need to. (laughs) Coop's seen it, yeah. Yep. Dylan, mm. you need to watch. <laughs> uh, it's very good. It's very it's, good. It's, it, it, because it shows, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's kind of like when I was 21, I came back from England. I had honestly, I, I, I met a, okay, I'll tell you a little story here. Okay, I was into anime really big, you know, the Robotech and all of that stuff in the mm-hmm. movie, all that, and into anime in general, huge anime event. And then I got to like 19, 20 years old, I could get legally go drinking bars here, and I was out partying with my friends. Right. That's all I was doing, partying. And um, anyways, I was, and I kind of got out of, like, it was not that I got out of it. I always loved all my stuff, but mm-hmm. I kind of got away from it. And mm-hmm. I ended up going to England to get away from everything. Uh, and, and I met, and this is what it was like back then. I picked up a, an anime magazine, and there was a, a P.O. box, not a P.O. box, there was a, an address. 
And I wrote to this person, they were in England. And um, we started emailing, each other, not emailing, see, look, I want to say email. We were writing to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I went to England, I met up with him. And I'd never met another, and it sounds really funny, I, I didn't know that many anime fans. So when I went to England and met up with him, he was really big into anime. And uh, had every tape of everything. And I did had a lot, too. And he showed me Macros Plus and Macros 7, and I was rejuvenated. And I came back to Vancouver, <laughs> and I just and I got I got so. If you think that I, if anybody who watches my show, I'm into like video games and things. It all started from this real moment. Like mm-hmm. I was into stuff before, but when my real passion hit in, all of a I sudden I was that. like, you know what? I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not partying. I'm going to get really into anime, and I'm going to get really <laughs> into video games. And that's this is my I'm drawing. And Otaku No Video was one of those videos. It was mm-hmm. like I was watching the story of my life. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. Just go and watch it. Okay. It's like I was seeing myself in it. And I was seeing myself. It was so – that is the anime is so meaningful to me. And mm-hmm. after that, I went absolutely nuts to this point. And I've never looked back. And it's been – I'll tell you, it's been awesome. I mean, so – for mm-hmm. anybody telling you not to be into anime or, oh, you should maybe not do this or not, don't play as many video games, don't listen to those people. Do whatever you want. I feel that. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. that's, that's certainly a, a kind of emotional journey I've been on for the last, I want to say, decade, honestly. Because um, for sure, like, in high school, like, it's, it's weird because, like, speaking to my own experience personally, I went from, like, you know, liking anime as a kid, like, uh, in – uh, kindergarten, I want to say, that's when Gundam Wing aired, and even though I didn't understand a single thing that was going on, I was so taken with that aesthetic that, like, I kind of just became a fan of the um, medium art form, whatever you want to call it, for for life, basically. Um, and then, like, around the time middle school rolled around, there were, uh, I guess, like, anime kind of really started to develop that stigma, because uh, that's when kids were getting really into Naruto and walking around school with the Naruto headbands. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, like, off by the side reading my Yu Hakusho uh, volumes, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be associated with <laughs> I feel <laughs> that, yeah. That's um, so funny. So it's, you know, it, it, it's the type of thing that, like, I, I tried to keep on the hush-hush for the longest time. Um, and then, like, I, I read some some comedy manga, and it was so funny, and I, I took a friend that I really uh, respected and trusted and was like, all right, I know this is, uh, you know, that anime shit, but, like, you gotta check this out. And then I show him a panel, and he recognizes the character instantly, and then I realized, like, oh, oh, I'm not alone. This is, like... Yeah, uh, friend. Yeah. Like, are, we have like this entire subculture was in among my friend group the entire time, and none of us just wanted to admit it to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, is that so funny? Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Well, it's, we, we 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 live in a time now where I go into like a, a huge bookstore, like chapters here that we have up in Canada. Mm-hmm. I walk in, and there's just a massive section for manga. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Example, like <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like um, I can't. Sometimes I can't believe how far it's come, and I'm so I'm really thrilled where where it's at now, and I'm really happy mm-hmm. about it. But boy, oh boy, there was something cool about the secret days of track, yeah. trying to trying to track the stuff down. You couldn't download it; you had to financially buy mm-hmm. everything. So if you want to find out about Macro's flashback, you had to buy the book. You know, yeah, Yo, there it is. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> buy the book. Hey, Macro's too. You had to buy the book to find out how uh. bad it was. No, and, and you actually had to financially, one of my friends, uh, 
he goes by the name King of Smut 95. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember those videos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's he's my guru. He's a if, you know he's the guy that I looked up to growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much so. And um, but yeah, like uh, like we couldn't have believed where where it would end up becoming. Like I mean, mm-hmm. like we we had to like financially invest and uh, and on all of that. And now it's just so main it's what well, i think anime is mainstream now yeah it's wild yeah the closest like, thing oh yeah go ahead no 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 but it's it's so crazy from the days of digging in the mud to get yep. any diamonds where mm-hmm. now it's like no here's everything and i think there's also something not as fun with it like here's everything you can download everything in history and here's mm-hmm. everything it's like you can just order something of amazon and get it the next day yeah rather than hunting it there's there's, there's some fun in the hunts for sure, oh, yeah. but I, and I'm glad I did the hunts, but I'm glad I live in this time now. Yeah, <laughs> like, the I, I will say, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it, that's it. Okay, okay. Good, good. Uh, I, like, I, I guess there are two points I want to address then. Um, the first one was like, yeah, uh, I definitely feel like even when there's stuff that I could have just ordered online, there is something re- really special about just finding it in a store. Like, Absolutely. I found a couple import uh, Berserk volumes um in a used bookstore and like i couldn't read a single thing of it but i was reading the online like i was reading a fan translation earlier that summer and i was like all right i have to grab two of these at least i just picked (laughs) like the two volumes that had my favorite moments in the story um and that like i'll treasure those for forever honestly um and yeah there is just something about like i remember um there's a used uh used media store so it's it sold cds video games um dvds like whatever um and i while looking through the memory cards uh section i think weirdly enough i found the original soundtrack for wild arms and i was like i i have no clue how i found this but i have to nab it now you know (laughs) yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I already, like, I, I had torrented, like, the entire thing already, but, like, just, like, walking, stumbling on it and, like, seeing it right there in front of me, it's like, how can I not, right? Yeah. I had I had a really weird moment happen. It wasn't last, this Christmas, it was Christmas before. Mm-hmm. I went to visit my mom and sister. They live, like, four hours away. And uh, while I was there, I, um, my, like, my mom had all the vinyl records we used to have in mm-hmm. the, our old house in her closet. And she's like, oh, go check out the vinyls to see if there's any you want to take. So I'm flipping through the vinyls and it's like the police and things like that and mm-hmm. all this old stuff. I said, like, okay, the Beatles. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I flip them like, Dragonar? Dragonar and vinyl? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, get this. There's a price tag on it, $2. And I'm like, where did this come from? I, I, and then all of a sudden I remembered like back in like 1997 going to a store exactly like you were talking about mm-hmm. and looking for stuff. And finding mm-hmm. this dragon or vinyl, and vinyl was not cool then at all. Like, it was not cool. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it for two bucks, and I put it, and I had it, but I never listened to it. I was like, oh no, no. I, I don't know why. I just, I just, it was a cool thing. And they, right, right. And I bought. It. So to discover it all these years later, mm-hmm. and I brought it home with me. I put it on, I was blasting it, and I know Dragon R is not a, it's not a great anime or anything like that. But the opening. I still want to watch it. The, the oh, that opening really rocks. Cool. Yeah, the oh, the opening is amazing. So uh, I was just like, what a weird discovery to discover this thing that wasn't very cool then. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I discovered in my mom's closet, like 
20 plus years later and it's damn cool now. You know? <laughs> That's a weird one to find Dragonar. Right, I'm right. Closet. I'm like, what's this doing here? <laughs> the uh, the other funny. thing I wanted to say uh, was, um, and this this isn't even remotely the same as uh, you know before the internet, but I remember being a kid and playing Super Smash Brothers Melee and seeing Martin Roy, and yeah. you know like looking at their trophies for any kind of information about Fire Emblem, but all you see is like a statue of these characters, like a little blurb about who they are and the type of game they came from. Um, and then, like, Japan only. I d- you don't even get a year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and so the the mystique around that series was, like, and I also was, like, seven or eight at this time. So, like, I don't think my parents really wanted me going online all that frequently anyway. So yeah, they were scared the, of the internet back then. And, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. the internet was, like, a non-resource for me uh, back then. And so my only real... Uh, contact with Fire Emblem was through Nintendo Power and, uh, mm. you know, seeing like little blurbs about it and being like, well, I, I really like those characters in Smash Bros. I have to get this game. Um, and, you know, so I buy the game. Um, my brother plays a little bit of it. He basically steals it from me and loses the game <laughs> in Disneyland. <laughs> oh, no. But like, you know, we we both became like these lifelong, I wouldn't say lifelong. I, I had, I kind of fell out of it and had a resurgence uh, recently, but you know, uh, Fire Emblem was kind of like our thing. And, you know, we learned how to work uh, emulators to try and play the terrible fan translations of Fire Emblems uh, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, Not really understanding, like, how to play the game. And they're, like, brutally difficult, but uh, still kind of, like, It felt special, right? It felt, you were just discovering this special thing. Absolutely. And that's what it was, being an anime fan in the 80s, was discovering Mm -hmm. it that, and, and it makes it more special. It just—it's so cool. Yeah. Like, you're discovering it on your own. You're not just like reading a Wikipedia on it. You're <laughs> yeah. making the discovery, and it mean, and it starts having meaning to you. And it, yeah. that's what starts making it cool. There's exactly. A physical, there's a physical connection because yeah. with me and my anime these days, like I rarely watch things on streaming because I try and go and buy stuff um, or VHS tapes because it means something to me. If I see mm-hmm. something out, it's like I. Like, for me, I go look on the shelf and I see, oh, Bubblegum Crisis Hurricane Live. Like, I got, yep. like, the DVD's out of, not really great anymore, but it's like a time capsule. And it's cool just to throw that on and just chill. Or Golden Boy. Oh, God, or, yeah. it's so good. We need, a, we need a Blu-ray of Golden Boy. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, lastly, like, I look at my Project Echo VHS tape and I go... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I that so I know you have the um, Blu-ray, Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Japanese VHS cover that's in the liner notes. I sent that scan to them. So. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. Yeah. That's so. so that, it's so nice to hear about fans who like really care helping mm-hmm. out these official productions. That's great. Yeah. That's so good. Even how that even how they found Project Echo. That's a whole. Oh, that, that's really a story. Like, wild. Have, did you guys? Did you have you watched the Project uh, Echo Blu-ray? I I did I send it to you, Dylan? Because I know I uh, I don't actually I don't remember. I have, have I? to look at. So here's the thing: I I got like six or seven anime series all at once, so I can't remember what you have and haven't sent to me. You sent me Urusei Yatsura too. I, I might be confusing with that. Yeah, I don't think you sent me uh, Project Echo. I, I, I love. I I'm sorry. To. I gotta say. I gotta say, guys. I love how you guys are 28 years old and you know all of the old stuff. I mean, uh-huh. bravo. I mean, 
like when you mentioned Gumbuster, I'm like, oh my god, like like it, it makes it's not like like it, it is it is a like a points because like you guys know your stuff and I love that I like because anybody who's really into the stuff they really want to do the research and all that I mean you guys you guys really are into your stuff I love it like, like you know, the way I see it oh uh, Coop, do you want to go first or I, I was gonna say yeah mm. but like especially when you start digging into things like I listened to that project Echo commentary with Yuji Moriyama is like, yeah, a bunch of these guys worked on Urusei Yatsura. And then I write a 4,000-ish word article about the connections because there's so much creative tissue between, between that and that. Like, oh, dude, even never, yeah, never mind the guy, never mind Gynax. Yeah, those then. guys, and, too. And they're like all hanging around in a shrine one night, all like uh, coming up with ideas and they come up with Wings of Onyamas. And mm, then they I go and make that. that it's like Ooh. it's mind blowing stuff. And mm. like it's because what it is about, you know, back then, I think this is it. I think this is what it's all about. Uh-huh. People who were working on stuff back then were fans mm-hmm. of science fiction and movies and American movies. And they this is their way of, of showing that. Yeah. And, and I I don't know if there's that level of otakuism in Japan the way that it was on fire back then. Mm. So my read of it, yeah, yeah, my my read of it as I I feel like I guess I'm kind of closer to the ground floor of modern otaku culture just due to people my age. Uh, My my read on the situation is kind of that. I don't know. It's weird. It's like I one one thing people theorize is that like the people who are making anime nowadays are, you know, are so in that subculture that like they don't really look at outside influences. And so like, you know, the whole, you know, I'm not going to say this for every show, obviously, but like at large, the, it's kind of stagnated. And then on top of that, you have like the uh, commercialization of uh, anime. Now that is is a much larger um, international export than it was, say, in the 80s, uh, yeah. especially. Um, there's kind of like we can just throw a, a ton of stuff out and see what sticks. You, um, you know, you, you know, you know what it is. It's uh-huh. the same as happening with like uh, science fiction culture here. Like mm-hmm. back, it's, it's, we'll use Star Trek as an example. Star yes. Trek back in the day, people would read phil- philosophical books and science manuals mm-hmm. and things and theorize of what science, you know, what could be, and then right. they would write accordingly. Where and so we got all this really interesting stuff. Where now people who are writing Star Trek, and I've heard this from people who are writing the Star Trek, mm-hmm. are just looking at old Star Trek and saying, right. oh, there's something like that instead of looking yeah. outside. Like, same with the 80s guys in Japan, mm-hmm. they were like looking at Terminator and the thing and stuff like this and Star Wars, and they were getting confused by this, but they were taking it and t- turning it into their own. And mm. making something brand new. I mean, mm-hmm. how like Ixer One so original, like Project Echo so original, Bubblegum Crisis. These are oh, really yeah. original ideas. I mean, mm-hmm. so brilliant. And and all in Mac, you don't get more of an original science fiction concept than the Macross. I mean, it's mm-hmm. insane. The idea of the original Macross. The, as I told you, I tried to explain it to Kim, and it's like it sounds like insanity telling me. But, <laughs> and you like, and it sounds so cheesy, but when you watch it. You buy it. You you, you sink into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That cost yeah. like for, like the original series just from the jump. It's like this is what happened. We're in it, and these are people. They're not just oh look at the, our anime waifu we love right now. Which yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a huge thing because they uh, have their place. But yeah. 
anime storytelling now feels very based on tropes. And, you know, I, I think there are shows that successfully, um, you know, look at those tropes and say, what is the appeal of this trope and how can we write a character into this trope in a way that they still feel like a human? But those those shows are so much fewer and far between than I think. And, you know, I, I obviously I feel like I'm saying this with rose tinted glasses because I wasn't yeah. in Japan watching everything that was coming out uh, throughout the decade. But I feel like, you know, cl- modern anime classics have a very different vibe from specifically uh, anime science fiction. And I think that's because anime science fiction is more preoccupied with the aesthetic and the uh the the franchise recognition yeah uh than it is with telling an original story or like showing a human struggle or conflict yeah well, there's the concern too it's like does it have to be like gundam you know because oh, yeah. like, like mecca like there's there's like macross is a great example like those guys all love gundam and they took elements from it but it wasn't just gundam you yeah, know yeah um if that's like like i said and there's also like wonderful characters to be like oh they're my wife who but they're actually really great characters like frontiers cheryl gnome right yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, yeah like, like even for for me being a, a younger guy you know just before i was going to go through puberty and all that stuff yeah i was watching rick uh lisa and minmay and i was really involved in their love story i thought it was mm-hmm. so you know it's like in a way i was like well, you know, Minmay's the better looking one, I think. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, she's such a ditz. But I'm like, Misa's way too old in her demeanor and how she acts and all of that. Especially, I guess, her accent that she had, for that character I just had, and all of that. But then I'm like, but Lisa represents, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the straight and narrow, where Minmay is this uh, flighty type she's of girl. She's kind of flighty, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's Rick? And I, I, I was Rick Hunter, because I was kind of into both of these girls. Mm-hmm. It was so right, cool. right. Uh, being into that and then and then it became so much more like down earth and then a, a spoiler alert when Roy when Roy Foker died and I, I mean oh my god pineapple oh, salad yeah. that the episode yeah it's so just like much. as a kid I couldn't I was like I'm, it's unthinkable unthinkable a, how could Roy I'm, Foker die the death of Roy there's only one death in Macross I think that even comes out and hits you almost as hard it's a death in frontier and dylan knows what i'm talking about yeah yeah um that i it's just uh, they don't death flags man like i i, I can uh, they just don't i i my brain's going they don't make them like they used to they don't but it's like <laughs> it's like there's so many more like i said so many more hands in the pot and so many yeah. more things I, i'll say this much about frontier I, 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 I'll be honest about this. I have a hard time remembering it, but the one thing that I do remember, yeah. I watched it in like 2008, 2009-ish, and mm. one thing I'll say is I did enjoy it. I liked it. Mm. I didn't, okay, yeah. It didn't give me that jarring feeling. I thought, okay, this is a modern Macross. It's a bit more, um, yeah, you know, I, the, the design work and all that. It's like, it's okay. I, but you know what? I didn't dislike it. I thought it was okay. Mm. And it's one of those ones that I would like to go back and watch because my mm-hmm. for some reason it's really weird i remember that i could tell you almost the, all the episodes of the original macross i can even i can even recite macross the original uh robotech episode 
I can't, you know, in the year 1999, high above Macro <laughs> a phenomenal event happened to change the course of human yes. history forever. I mean, I got these things memorized, but for some reason, Frontier, uh, it's just kind of like, woo. I, I, the mech designs in there are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I've been so jealous of all the collectors that have all of them, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I was going to ask. I don't even know how they afford them. I don't know mm. how they do any of that. Because I, right before we recorded, I got a VF-31 Shogokin in and uh, before we started. And I'm just thinking to myself while I'm putting together notes for this, I'm like, oh, I know Johnny collects a lot of shit. I wonder, I wonder if he, <laughs> how has he escaped the Shogokin bug? <laughs> I, to, to be honest with you, there's, there's one uh, Macros toy that I want to get. And I put it off for years because it's you know these things have gone they're so expensive oh, yeah. some of them yeah absolutely you know I got I got super Valkyries out the ass in the other room I mean yeah but I want the one I want is the Bandai 1984 Strike Valkyrie Hickory mm. and I I want that one and I want it mint in box and I should have gotten it a long time ago I do you know and what's so cool is we went to Hawaii in like I think it was like 1986 87 and I saw I saw the toys. Because it was from Japan back then. Oh. There was so much import stuff from Japan to Hawaii. Like I remember going to like uh, markets back then in Hawaii, and it was just like done buying toys. It was just like, it was just crazy, photoms wow. and all that. And they had a the whole thing for Mac with the movie in this one store, and I'm like wow. in a mall. It was like crazy. That's sick. And I, and I was, I was like, I want to get that, and I waited on it too long, and I'm like, mm. oh man. So that's the one <laughs> I want to get because like I p- put it this way. I know um, Coop is a big Transformers fan. I discovered the Takara Transformers about three years ago, and I went nuts. Oh, you went in on the masterpieces? Well, well, the the, the Takara, the Japanese Takara uh, ones, you know, like, that. that's the only, I, I don't buy the, the, the masterpiece ones, the big gotcha. ones, right? No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I just bought all of the ones from the movie that, that you know, and from the Headmasters and all of that stuff. That I, I see. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All those Japanese ones. And mm. I, I must have bought, like, about 30 Damn. In, in, a, in a couple of weeks i went, mm-hmm. I went and I'm, I, I can't do that anymore so so i don't collect openly collect macro stuff because i would oh god the amount of like the, <laughs> always on that's eBay. such a rabbit hole from for what me it's right like now. yeah it's production materials nowadays or laser discs or vhs tapes yeah, yeah. Like i have um i'll just turn my camera a little bit yeah on the wall i hope you can see it i got oh, nice uh, yeah, the seven poster and then the uh, Mikimoto illustration. And then I uh, also got like the, it's a Macross 2 laser disc, but it's on my wall. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got um, all the Robotech laser discs. I got the Macross the Movie and laser disc, Macross Plus and laser disc. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, mm. all the DVDs, all the Ivory Blu ray. I mean, yeah, posters out of the ass. I mean, all super Valkyries in the other room, like crazy. I mean, I I love the show. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's but it realistically, I think, is for me, it is that 1982, 84, mm-hmm. and, and Macros 2012 Macros Plus for me. Gotcha. That really do it. even Macros Zero. I tried mm-hmm. to like it, but I didn't fully love. I it. I wasn't too hot on Macros Zero. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm, gonna be yeah. honest. I'm gonna be honest with you. My most wanted Macros thing is a new movie version of Macros Zero because mm-hmm. the front oh. movies. Uh, the Frontier movies are fantastic. Uh, if you, yeah. If you I honestly like the Frontier it. movies more than I liked Frontier the show. Yeah. Um, but there's so many Zero connections, but like good, like focusing on the really good parts of Zero. 
But I'm like, I want to see Kyle Mori and Co. take another shot at that story. Yeah, yeah. I would love yeah. a revise, like a revisement of that of that story because yeah. I think there's I think there's gold there. Like I, mm. there was gold there by the time the uh, the Frontier movies rolled around, but yeah. um, it just didn't feel quite. Uh, didn't hit quite the way I, I think any of us wanted to. Uh, I know. I, I, it's so funny. I hear I hear my wife and baby coming in. So, <laughs> so, so there might be a bit of loudness, so we'll have to kind of wrap it up. But I will, okay. I, I'm going to say this. i got to mm. say this. Um, whatever happened to the blood and guts from the movie? Mm. Yeah, I that's love fair. that. Story, <laughs> oh, man. it's in the first I was movies. shocked with how violent that movie I got. Loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and hey, get this. I buy the Blu-ray box set. I'm so excited. This is years ago. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. And I, I put it in and I'm like, and I watched it a full Japanese because I know everything's going on. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, here we go. Miria like standing on the head of a Zentrata here, blurs it out. Oh, I heard I, about I, that. I, yeah. I am physically still, that moment I will never forget of getting so angry. I go, <laughs> what are you, why, why, why are the Japanese blurring out blood and guts? I, I understand they do that for hentai and stuff. That's fine. Mm. They've always done that. But why uh-huh. are they doing this with blood and guts in Macris the movie? And I know they've re-released it without that. I don't mm. even know which version to get anymore. Because I always feel I'm going to get burned again. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 blood and guts is so great. Yeah, I... when he punches through and the guy, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the weapon yeah, right brutal. there in his uh, bow paw thing, and he just and just blasts him in the face. That's so great. It's sick. I love it. It's um, yeah. So to to wrap things up, I think right now is also we're talking about times to be a Macross fan. Now mm-hmm. is really cool because this past Thursday, at least in the U.S., the first Frontier movie was in theaters on the thirtieth. The second Frontier movie is going to be in theaters, which is just nuts. Um, And on, uh, it seems like on uh, July 1st on AMA Expo, they're going to be having another screening of movie edition of Plus. And Big West is going to talk about what they plan to do, which is like everybody's been vibrating since the the announcement of the agreement from last year. And it's like, I am... I am stoked. Like if, if they, if they say like at anime expo, yeah, look, open up your favorite streaming app. It's all there now. I'd be like, <laughs> that'd be wild. Um, I think what my dream is, is that, um, so Gundam got way more popular than I ever expected it to. Um, like, yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that, that that's kind of opened the door for, uh, this modern interest in retro anime. Mm. Um, and so I'm really hoping the thing that kind of like brings the Gundam fans over to Macross is like, uh, I think a theatrical release of, do you remember love, uh, Macross, the movie would Fingers be crossed. incredible. Oh my, I, I just, to watch that in the theater, I'd be like, actually, I did watch it in a small theater room in, in, uh, SakuraCon in 2009. Mm-hmm. So I, I get, I did, I, it was pretty cool. It was late at night. I remember, well, oh, fuck it. I'm doing it. And all that. I, you know what I wish? I what I want going forward, I really I want to see Macross the movie on Blu-ray over here. Mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see everything that we haven't gotten because of Harmony Gold that we won't get into it. Uh, Harmony Gold <laughs> crappy years. I want to see mm-hmm. everything, and they they've held Macross back in this country for mm-hmm. way too long. It's, yeah, and, it's way overdue. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Don't worry, we're back." And then they release these Robotech Blu-rays. And I've seen some of the reviews on them, and they are not good. I have not bought them yet. 
Uh, Ethan, our friend Ethan said they were kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like what is going on? Like what, they got what, put it this way. I have prime. Uh, and I, I know I remember when I first got prime, all of the Robotechs were on there and they looked yeah. good. They looked really good. And I'm like, this is crazy. They even have Southern cross on there as Southern cross. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so, and then all of a sudden when Harmony goes, no, no, we're releasing it. They take them all off prime. And then we get these crap versions on Blu-ray. Thank you again, Harmony Gold. Following through. You guys are awesome. And I know Harmony Gold hates my guts. And I'm glad that they, they can hate my guts all they like. You know what I mean? I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Because they've taken away. I've had to spend so much money importing everything because they were... But, you know, holding this trying to uh, put so a stranglehold for so many years. Yeah, stranglehold. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, I we don't want to end on a negative zone. <laughs> but I sorry, I, I hey, hey, this is being hey. bottling up in me. I finally can talk about it. I this. don't blame Johnny, you. Johnny, I just want to say you are such a fountain of positivity that I think it's all right if you end this with a mic drop on <laughs> fuck harmony gold. <laughs> fuck harmony gold. Yeah. <laughs> harmony gold sucks. Macross is awesome. Yes. And, uh, and and all that. And I, I just want to thank you guys so very much for Having my older uh, perspective of Macross on your show, I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate talking to two guys who are your age that know your stuff so well. It gives me so much hope for the future. I mean, it really, really does. So thank you guys so much. And we appreciate hearing that because I, I think even myself, like, I'm like, oh, man, are people going to still care about these shows in the future? But I mean... You know, if, if we were able to do this for you, then I guess that means there's hope that someone else will pick up the torch eventually, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> I <Yeah>. hope so. <laughs> Thank you we'll guys. keep hyping it up for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, cool. you've been a joy to have. Yeah, thank you. Like like we said uh, earlier, it's like, oh, Johnny just mentioned me, just messaged me. Ha, huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a Macros podcast. I'm like, that's something... I want to go on to because I, I get asked a lot to do a lot of, a lot of podcasts and I I just don't want to come on and talk about video games because I talk about video games all the time. I love video games. Yeah. I want to talk about all the other stuff. That's why I almost want to start another channel where I just talk mm -hmm. about anime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and all that. But I it, it's been great today to be on talking to you guys. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, if you start an anime channel, like, I, I can't say I have too many friends, like, in the fandom at large, but I will, I will bump the shit out of it. Oh, like, I'll here. send it to everyone I know. Oh, thank you. I just, it's, it's, it's one of those things I'm like, do I have the time for it? But it'd be, uh, it'd, be great. It, it'd be, it'd be nice. Cause there's nobody my age really talking about anime. Mm -hmm. No, there's no so, Speaking of things you do really quick, uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, get happy? Oh, if you, if, if you want to get happy, that's so, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, if you want to like, a. Uh, an interesting perspective on video games and retro games and all that. Uh, Happy Console Gamer Show on YouTube. It's been around for about 14 years, a small amount of time. I've only got 1,100 episodes. It's it's sad, guys. It's really sad. <laughs> 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 totally. But thank you. Thank you. And as for us, just to wrap things up, if you want to find us, anchor.fm slash do you remember. They put us on all your podcatchers, whether it be Spotify, Apple, and they also have a review feature. So feel free to give us some stars, write some comments. We love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, dyrmcast at gmail.com is the place to go for that. And we're also on Twitter at Dude Remember. And as always, thanks to Mr. Chris Eakins, 
artist of the shoot 'em up game, Risk System, which you need to play, Johnny. It's actually really, it's really a very dope. good game. <laughs> it's, okay, it would be okay, up your alley. Um, I'll send you a link later. Um, to see more of his work, check out Risk System underscore game on Twitter. And that's now on everything, so go check it out. And Dylan, really quick, what do you do? Take me backstage. Yes, okay, so I'm involved in two other podcasts, uh, the first of which is Backstage Gaming, which is a show where me and uh, our friend, uh, Chris Wilson, uh, we went to college together. Uh, we both do, uh, we both uh, studied acting in college, and so what we do on Backstage Gaming is we take that education, um, we take that fine arts knowledge, and we apply it to video games. How do video games tell stories? How do they use devices that uh, evoke emotional responses to us. How do they kind of, the act of playing is sort of like the art of acting. So um, we, we we try to look at it through that lens. And then also sometimes we just have like little potpourri episodes where we just talk about whatever the hell we feel like. Um, if that sounds cool to you, you can check us out um, at uh, www.bsgpod.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at bsg underscore cast. Um, and you can also find us on our Facebook page. I'm also involved in the Unexplored Places, which is an actual play podcast where we uh, tell stories using various tabletop games. Um, so season two was Risk System. That's a science fiction type of uh, space opera story, uh, which seems the most relevant to this podcast. Tango but, Sector. Uh, Tango Sector, yes. Um, and But we are also currently doing a in-between season uh, of masks, which is about superheroes, and if either of that sounds cool to you, uh, you can check them out on Twitter at unexploredcast, and you can find their stuff at unexploredcast.libsyn.com. Sick. And then, uh, Dylan, if people want to be thrilled by you on Twitter, where do they go? <laughs> um, if you want me to thrill you, you can find me at the Dilla. Uh, that is T H A underscore D I L A. And hey, if you want to find my junk, it's at Riderstrike on Twitter. Um, also, I did a really cool thing for Anime News Network looking at the history of the subtitles for the Frontier movies. Because those, if you're in the States and you saw those movies recently, um, those subs have existed for about 10 years before their current public, uh, policy job. And I talked to the people behind that, so you should check that out. It's, I'm very proud of that. Yes. Um, so... That is it for us. Johnny, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, again, just thank you. Thank you for your time. This was a really <laughs> thank cool you experience. Guys. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it was really great to talk about macros. I got to have my pick. <laughs> 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 thank you. All right. And that is it. We will talk to you when we talk to you. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone.